Welcome to the Happy Hour Hangout, where we are going to discuss elections, Tony LaRussa, and everything pop culture, including Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. You are listening to the Happy Hour Hangout. I am impressed. We should just have you do openings from here on out. Um, but we are back with another fantastic edition of the Happy Hour Hangout podcast. I am your host, uh, co-host, sorry, didn't mean to isolate you there, buddy. Uh, I'm Steven, and uh, backing me up as always is Trav. What's up, bud? Oh, not much. What's up with you, man? Oh, man. I feel like I, uh, I, feel like I just saw you. That's <laughs> because you did, Steve. <laughs> we just spent a wonderful weekend in uh, Cape Girardeau with the fellas, having ourselves a grand old time uh, doing a, a bro winery trip. I don't think anybody can really say they do that often, um, but, it was, but it was a good time. How, uh, how, uh, how unproductive were you when you came home that Sunday, out of curiosity? Uh, you know what? Actually, I washed, uh, washed six loads of laundry, so that was on my the top of my to-do list, and I, I just started, got after it. And, uh, you know, kept on schedule, but I will say as far as bros going to the winery, uh, I don't know if that's just our, our friend circle. I don't know if that's a 30 plus year old friend group thing. I don't know. What's the deal with that. We, we tend to spend a decent amount of winery trips and I don't go unless I'm down there with, um, you know, all you guys, it's not like I'm driving out to defiance on a random Thursday to get a nice bottle of Cabernet. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, something about a winery trip, especially on a nice day, man. We had, I mean, could you ask for better weather? What was it, seventy there for a while in in November? I mean, oh, it's perfect. It was, it was so perfect. it was so so perfect weather that we were the two jabronis that were wearing uh, pol- Ralph Lauren polos or our frat polos and and uh, and, and shorts. Um, and then, of course, that's all we wore as it got colder. So everybody else layered up. We uh, we stayed layered down. So that's we definitely it. stood out as the St. Louisans of the group. So that was pretty great. Um, but yeah, good time, as always. Uh, you, you're right, though. It's, it's interesting how we like to always go on those winery trips. Never a bad thing because I'm a big wine guy. Uh, I always enjoy a good, good red Pinot Noir. Um, and I definitely got down this weekend on some reds. So... I guess we'll just have to get more creative on, on, on the things that we do with our friends when we go down there. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump into our episode here. Um, let's start with you, man. What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, dude, you're going to laugh. But uh, uh, we just talked about our weekend and uh, how, how intense it was. And so I'm going uh, for our non-alcoholic friends. Uh, I'm the, I, I finally broke down and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying a nice, delicious bottle of diet seven up. Um, you know, I, I thought about trying to make this as interesting as possible, but this is kind of my go-to mixture when I'm, when I'm drinking my, uh, my, uh, Tito's and I thought, you know what, let's just go just diet seven up today. And, uh, fun fact, uh, it's a PepsiCo brand stock, uh, ticker PEP PEP for our stock traders trading at one forty-one and 72 cents as a close of business today. So, uh, very, very valuable brand and uh, delicious drink. And I, I go diet cause I'm not trying to drink my calories. I mean, everyone knows you can eat plenty of calories. You don't need to drink them. So, uh, non-alcoholic first time on the podcast, uh, for one of us to break that. And, uh, I'm still, uh, still on a recovery train from this weekend, Steve. 
<laughs> that's how you know you're old by the way oh three days God. later you're still still just drinking water and seven up i did i did you, see what do you uh, got <laughs> I, before i go into mine i did see the instagram story of, the, of your wife you passed out in, in your bed sunday afternoon which is pretty funny that's why i wanted to ask yeah. you on sunday so <laughs> Um, yeah. so I am, uh, repping the, uh, Rockwell Brewing Company, uh, local brewery, pretty close to our house. Um, uh, they're out, yeah. out, outside, as I've described before, has got the, um, the tractor trailers and stuff as like overhangs and stuff. Uh, I got what's called bird up. It is a dry hops, rye pale ale. It's a lot to talk about a one beer, um, but 5.6%. Honestly, there is nothing that Rockwell makes that I have not liked yet. Um, Sarah, my wife, and I love to go there. Uh, honestly, don't go there enough. Obviously, there's not a whole, <laughs> not really able to go uh, much with COVID, but it's uh, it's always a great time when we get a chance to go. So um, always have fun, cool designs. Um, beer is good. I've got it, obviously, in my, my handy-dandy trusted Harpo's cup. Uh, tasting it for the first time. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I'm big on the pale ales. I know I'm you're the IPA guy. I'm more of just a regular, you know, American pale ale, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got. So cheers to you, buddy. Like it, dude. Yeah. Cheers to you, man. I, uh, that's a spot whenever all this, uh, nonsense clears up that I would, uh, I'd like to, to, to go down there for a handful of drinks with you guys. It would be, uh, missed, uh, that's a good spot, man. They've got that outdoor area is awesome. I mean, with their fire pit and stuff. I mean that you could pretty much make it year round and um, it's yeah, very I'm open. Just, yeah, just doing it's, that. yeah. It's a great environment. They have, they have really good food too, um, which they don't really advertise. Oh, that's on. nice. Yeah. I haven't eaten there. I haven't yeah. eaten there. That's good to know. Yeah. I highly recommend nice. to anybody that visits. Maybe we'll bring the people that like to take us to wineries. And, and do a <laughs> no offense guys. Maybe we can do a brewery tour. That's uh, seems to be a little bit more, uh, in our yeah. subcategory of 32 year olds <laughs> get, their, get their country asses up to the city and really show them how it's done <laughs> That's uh, it. all right let's jump right into because i've got something i can get off my chest i want to blow off some steam here i know that you don't have one but I've, i think i've got one that's gonna really i think you're gonna get on board with this one all right let's hear it i love i really like going to the gym i love lifting weights there's there's something very you know medicinal there's something that's you know really like you know it takes a lot of stress out of my day. Uh, and I know that you're, you're, you're the same way. You're actually more of a gym rat and, and, and most of the time than I am. Uh, you're a little bit more dedicated to it than I am, but, uh, you know, real quick, you know, your thoughts about, about going to the gym and lifting some weights. Yeah. I mean, I, it's an, enjoy it. It's, uh, um, when I am on track and, and doing it routinely, you get past that initial, like, Holy crap, my, I'm sore everywhere. And it gets, uh, like you said, almost therapeutic. It's a fun little activity and throw, throw around some heavy weights. It's a, yeah, a good, good time. It definitely uh, clears your head too, which is, uh, which is good. Here is a, here's something that I've noticed that really, really gets under my skin. When did going to the gym become an, uh, a, a social media influencer audition? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I need I, you to elaborate though. <laughs> I can't tell you. How many times I go to the gym now, uh, I even went today and it looks like everybody is, is the only reason that they're there is so that they can record themselves working out or doing things. And I go, I go to a specific gym. It's club fitness in Maplewood. It's a newer gym. It's been there about a year and a half now. Uh, it's really nice, but 
I, I feel like that's it's the central hub where everybody that is an aspiring Instagram model, both male and female, by the way, that that want to, you, you know that 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 frequent, and I, you know I sit there and when I when I go there, you know I've got. I've got a game plan and I want to get in there and I want to get done as quickly as possible, but I also want to, you know, get a good, good lift in and good workout in. But a lot of times these people are just, you know, dicking around at their stations. Um, they're constantly taking photos of themselves in the mirror, taking, you know, 20 minute breaks between each set. Um, and it really reached a, a pinnacle of frustration for me when I was at the gym, it was about a month ago and there was a guy with full on, um, production equipment basically recording himself with movie grade video cameras of him lifting and he would do a slow one. Then he would do, you know, like a regular set that you and I would do. And then this guy would break the entire equipment down, move to his next station and then put all the equipment back together. I swear to God, Travis, this guy was literally at this, at, at the gym for probably two and a half hours doing, doing a workout. And it's him doing, you know, these videos and, you know, showing off his brand and stuff. But the frustration for me is that I just, I just can't believe that this is kind of the, the world we live in now. I know it's easy to be like that with our, you know, with, with our phones. And I sound like I'm 50 years old right now talking about this, but let's, I just wish we could go back to the way that, you know, the old school way, which was, you know, everybody going to the gym, doing their thing, going home, um, or, you know, going, going with your buddies, um, you know, doing a group workout together, uh, just being done. It's just, it's just weird how it's evolved. Uh, and I, I'm definitely not on board with it. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed that before. Yeah, I, uh, I have, I think that, uh, dude, some of that stuff is kind of silly. I, I will say it, it's no wonder that all these folks are posting pictures and, uh, and not a single one of them sweating. And it's because they take fucking half hour in between sets. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible to get the heart rate up uh, at that kind of clip. And um, yeah, dude, people are, people are bizarre with that thing. I, it's kind of, I mean, they're, it's, they're, you could take it into a whole bunch of different directions too, other than working out. I mean, people are obsessed with selfies. They're obsessed with, you know, taking Snapchats, and all this different shit you can do on your phone from, you know, I mean, it's, I, if you just look around anytime you're out and about, you'll see just, 90, 80% of the people, instead of interacting with people that are you know, at the table, they're just scrolling through shit. It's like we've become like robots. And, uh, you know, unfortunately the gym's no different. Yeah. Just kind that's... of one of those deals. <laughs> I will, I got to ask though, have you ever uh, seen if you can get in any of these videos? Do I need to go search you out on Instagram? Are you going to be spotting anybody or doing any, uh, you know, Turkish get-ups or anything? No, I have not been asked to be anybody's spotter for any of these wacky videos or, or stuff like that. I, uh, maybe I'm just not marketing myself well enough. I don't know. I'm usually the guy that's sweating so badly that I look like I'm, I'm having a heart attack. So maybe they just stay away from I me. Get this old sweaty, stinky yeah. dude away from me. <laughs> so just another reason awesome, why man. I want to build my own home gym and just get away from all those freaks. Um, yeah, I yeah, hear that. that's, that's thank you for letting me blow off some steam on that one. That's really, that's really been tagged tugging at my, my, my frustrations for, for a little while. Um, I think that one will hit home with our demographics. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, but Hey, let's talk about the most important thing uh, that's going on in the world today, which is the election. So we, so we're recording this on Tuesday, actually a full week after the election. And for those that have not lived uh, in a pineapple under the sea, um, know that the 
most of the official results are in. Um, you know, Joe, Bri- Joe, Bi- Biden. Joe Biden's going to be our next president of the United States. Um, but it, ha- it has created what I feel has been one of the most dramatic, weird, weirdly dramatic political weeks uh, I think I've ever seen. Uh, or at least seen since I really started paying attention to a lot of that stuff in the news. Um, you and I have talked about this at length, so we don't need to really go into it really deep. Um, and I'm sure everybody's sick and tired of talking about the election, but um, just your general thoughts and opinions, Travis, what, what do you got for us? Man, I, uh, you know, obviously I come at this one from a little bit more of a, a right wing or certainly conservative viewpoint. And, um, you know, I, not the, not the end result, you know, that I was, that I certainly was, was hoping for. Um, but I will say there's a couple of highlights that stick out for me. Um, and the, the first is just the overall vote totals being up. Um, you know, when you want a full representation of democracy, I think that's the first thing that, you know, I, th- I hope any honest person that's been involved with this or follows it can, can kind of take a step back and say, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, Trump lost and he got the most votes for any Republican ever. Um, that just tells you the volume of people voting. Uh, in this election. And that's, you know, to me, that's, that's an awesome sign. Um, you know, I think that, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm certainly partial to the, the conservative side at looking like they're going to hold the Senate, I think is a, is a good balance. It, it helps kind of ease the concerns that I have from a um, Biden-Harris ticket. And so, you know, that, that part I'm excited about. Um, you know, and, and and, and honestly, and we kind of talked about this a little bit as we were driving to and from Cape. So you heard my, my unedited version uh, of this spiel, but um, I'm also, um, you know, over the last couple of days, certainly I've, I've certainly thought this through a little bit, but I, I'm also looking forward to the temperature being lowered. Um, you know, I know that <clears throat> Trump is a, um, an over the top character and I think we're going to get a different messaging from the top and with the, from a conservative viewpoint, again, having that check and balance and in the Senate and keeping things kind of um, what I would hopefully feel like is normal and not mass changes. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And then we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, man. But, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into the voter fraud stuff. I think that that's kind of a slippery slope there. But, um, yeah, happy for Biden. And, and again, happy for all the folks that uh, that got out and voted, man. I mean, this is what people 40, 50, 60, you know, a hundred years ago fought for our freedom to, to be able to do this. And it's so awesome to see so many people take advantage of that and, um, and get out and vote. So um, I think it helps rise everybody's game. Uh, the more people that vote, cause then they get a, a better representation. So that's uh, those are my kind of quick hitter thoughts without getting into the, the voter stuff. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, we won't get into the whole much of really the the voter fraud allegation things. Although I will say that I I, I have seen a lot of the results of the initial court cases um, that those lawsuits resulted, uh, and some of them are are kind of laughable. It's almost actually kind of sad to watch or read. Um, one of which was you know the the, the lawyer representing uh, Trump um, or the prosecutor, you know basically was asked by the judge in the middle of the hearing of, you know, were there, um, you know, RNC people in those um, polls, you know, representing the RNC and they flat out had said, yes, even though the allegation of the lawsuit said that that was not the case. Um, 
it was, it was, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Um, yeah. So we won't go too, too deep into that. I think everyone realizes where that's going to go. Uh, but I do have one question kind of on that subject that I want your opinion on is, you know, so you've seen this week, a lot of people that are working in the white house, um, you know, a lot of Republican senators and, and house of representatives, and a lot of, of, of Trump's cabinet really kind of standing behind him and the idea that they're convinced that he's still going to, there's something's going to happen and he's going to get his second term. Um, and they're pretty, um, pretty unwavering in their responses to the press and, 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 and their kind of overall viewpoints. What, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Is that just something where, you know, they actually believe that that's going to happen or that's more of a, Hey, look, Trump just fired the, you know, you know, head of the CIA this week and I don't want to be next on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I, I, I think the if I was going to answer it in my, you know, I work in my basement and, and read this stuff periodically <laughs> point of view, certainly not somebody that's a hundred percent dialed in. What would come to my mind is that, you know, political power is just like a, just a crazy drug and you know trump proved if nothing else that he's very much um you know at the base of the republican party uh he he energized the vote energized the base um and i think a lot of people are looking around thinking you know we we don't want to appear to be splintered on this um you know everybody's looking for that old school you know conservative center like romney has come out and you know congratulated biden and you know he gets a lot of a lot of pop for that and a lot of love but i think as a whole the party is trying to stay stay together the, the job is not done we're going to have two runoffs in georgia and from a conservative viewpoint again you know we we have to win those if we lose those you're looking at a biden presidency that's able to en- enact you know a lot more things and you're going to have a lot more sweeping change and so i think you know everyone realizes that trump is a I hate to use the word incredible, but he's a super powerful figure uh, in the conservative movement. I mean, I just said even earlier, you know, he, we haven't had anybody that's, you know, got that many votes in the Republican Party and he lost and he's going to lose by 4 million votes. And he, mm-hmm. he's that, um, you know, charismatic and that, that much over the top. So I think everybody's just trying to stay together. I think um, once everything's kind of settled, right, and the election's over, I think you'll start to see some people, um, you know, kind of branch out. But I think a lot of people also realize that Trump drives Republicans to the polls. And without them, without him doing that, <clears throat> some of these senators, they may not even have a job still. Um, and so, I don't know. I think there's this weird dynamic there. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but that's, that's kind of what comes I, I would fully, I would fully give credit to Donald Trump for getting some of, some of his Republican senators elected. Uh, the fact that he endorsed them um, in some of those elections over his four-year term I really think it was a deciding factor in some of those. Um, I, I, I found it funny uh, today that uh, secretary of state, Mike Pompeo was very confident, almost kind of arrogant, a little bit of a slowness yeah. to it, basically saying what he said. And, uh, you know, you, you look at social medias, especially on Twitter and you see the people that fire back at, at him and, and just, just talking mad trash about what a monster he is. Uh, all they would respond to that is, is, what else do you think he's going to do? He's, he knows he's out of the job in January. He's obviously not going to be in Biden's cabinet. So what the hell do you think he else he's going to say? You know, because yeah. obviously that's going to be the questions that he's going to get. So he might as well be a little bit of a cocky dick about mm-hmm. it um, and just kind of let the questions end because everybody else is doing kind of the same thing. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I found very interesting, but I also kind of understood because, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to be, have to be, that are probably updating their resume, putting them up on LinkedIn here very soon. Um, <laughs> 
couple couple quick thoughts and we'll move on. Um, you know, one thing I've really noticed and, you know, we talked about voter turnout and, and how it's, it's some of the best voter turnouts we've had in, 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 so, in so many years. Um, just the sheer backlash that people have for other people of how they voted. Um, you know, we, we talked about this at length too. And, you know, seeing so many different people with responses on social medias or, or just overall just opinions of other people's uh, votes talking about how, how horrific these people are for voting, you know, Donald Trump and that, um, you know, just that there, there is much of just, uh, just jerks and horrible people as they are for, because they voted for a man that is not, you know, not a good person and he's accused of all these things and, and, you know, what have you. And so that I just, I, I, that kind of breaks my heart a little bit because that really, that almost kind of defeats the purpose of, of democracy in the fact that you're essentially judging all these other people because they didn't vote in the way of your opinion of another person is. And, you know, I know a few people that, that, feel this way. And it's, it's very sad to tend to see because um, there are so many different factors that go into how, you know, how you vote for somebody that it's impossible to view these people as uh, you know, the same characters and, and qualities and personality traits of the people that they're voting for. Uh, it's just not possible for them to be that way. Um, and so all I will say is, is that, you know, just because they're voting for somebody like Donald Trump, who they may not even like as an individual, but some of the things that they believe that he can do as a, as a political figure in their community or their state or country, you know, that's really what the most important part is. And that's how you should vote anyway. Um, Not because you may like or dislike that guy. Uh, You know, I hands down fully believe that. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people aren't going to share that opinion because I know how many people actually hate hate the person that just, uh, that just became a lame duck president. Um, I'll get off my soapbox there. My final thought is, do you notice how, how, how many of these celebrations you saw over the weekend when they got the official news? I honestly felt like we were about to uh, welcome troops back from the war. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's another one of those things too, where it's like, you know, it's great that, you know, it's, that our country is going to be going in a different direction. It seems like the consensus was that he needed to be out of office uh, for something, you know, for something new and fresh and try to kind of heal some of the, you know, all the, from the wounds that we got, especially this year. Uh, but I swear it was like, we just, we just overthrew a dictator watching some of these celebrations. Um, and I just, I always, you know, find that interesting because I don't think people realize this, but uh this is actually not the hardest part. Um, you're about to, you have a president that's about to go into basically tackling not only a, a, a pandemic that is uh, really hitting us pretty hard. Uh, and all these states are about to hit a bunch of new restrictions. Um, but all, he's also going to be in charge of recovering from uh, one of the best economies that we've had in, in recent history. Um, you know, healing a lot of, uh, you, know, you know, racial division that's in, I mean, he's, you know, he has got a lot on his plate that he's going to be tasked with overcoming and fixing. And all, you know, let's remind, remember the fact that he's got a much smaller uh, democratic power in the house and he does not have control of the Senate. And so his first two years, there's gonna be so much back and forth that I would be shocked at how many laws actually get passed uh, in the first two years. Obama ran into, into this uh, as well. Um, so for the people that are celebrating in the streets, just understand that this quite honestly was not the hardest part. The hardest part's going to happen when he's actually president and in the Oval Office. So yeah, that's my, that's my speech. Let's move on. Um, 
So I really wanted to talk about this because I didn't actually know you didn't like this guy that much. And so I really wanted your thoughts on it. But uh, for, the, for, for all you sports fans out there, um, especially locally in St. Louis, who most people you know, revere this guy as kind of a legend, but uh, uh, former St. Louis Cardinals manager, Tony La Russa, he uh, was hired on to become the Chicago White Sox next manager. Now, for those that don't remember, he actually used to manage the White Sox in, the, in 1986. Uh, he did get fired uh, before going over to the A's and then eventually the Cardinals where he's most remembered. Um, it's definitely been a head scratcher. If you really do some research um, from a lot of, uh, a lot of press on this decision, um, Travis here actually, uh, and, and if I say this wrong, please correct me, but, uh, you actually think he was overrated as a manager in general. Um, so I actually want your opinion on why you believe that. Yeah, <clears throat> this one, uh, this is going to be my uh, controversial take of the, uh, of the year here for our, our fans in St. Louis. <clears throat> you know, he, he brought a, brought a world series and certainly had a overall success, um, I think that uh, when I think about Tony Larusa, uh, and I've kind of talked about it on the podcast before, this this unwavering belief in old school baseball, the the unwritten rules, the um, you know play a hard nine, um, you know cardinal way, all this stuff stemmed from 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 Larusa. And in my personal opinion, uh, I think that all of that crap is way overplayed. Um, I think that. Um, as far as entertainment value, the reason baseball struggles so much and is just strictly a regional sport is because they, they lack the national appeal of some of these other sports. Um, and that's unfortunate. And I think a lot of it has to do with these, these types of people still holding, um, you know, prominent spots throughout baseball. Um, I, uh, I find myself each year thinking, man, I want to see somebody pimp a home run. I want to see somebody, you know, if you hit a ground ball to the pitcher, there is no reason to drop your head and risk pulling a hamstring run into first base. You're out literally, you know, 999,000 times out of a million, you know? I mean, there's just, there's no point in it. And, um, you know, it's just a different take on bass, you know, on, on sports. I, I kind of equate it to the NBA. I've got zero issues if certain players want to sit out games early on or, if you're going to dog it on defense, play 82 games. Like nobody's going 100%. And Larusa has that kind of bar and that mentality that forces players to play up to that level. And I just, I think it's kind of, I don't know, I think it's kind of stuck in the 1940s. Um, so that's kind of where my general general take is on. I mean, uh, I don't trade in the fact that he helped us win uh, World Series. You know, that's obviously that's something those banners will be up in Bush Stadium and those memories will always have. But um, moving forward, I, I'm not really interested in walking him back here, looking forward to the next, um, you know, new school player, new school coach and, you know, analytics and all these other things that hopefully will make the game more fun. Those are my general take. Um, and I do have one other comment after you respond to that. You want to wait until I give you my, my take. Yeah. Cause it's some, it's something off topic, but okay. still with Tony. Um, I, so I think that he is a legendary coach. Um, if you, if you look at his total career, so he was a manager for 33 years, uh, accumulated 2,700 wins, 2,300 losses. Uh, only eight of those seasons were actual losing seasons. That's pretty, pretty good Mark. Um, but you know, so as, as him, as a, as a manager, 
before next season when he will start managing again. And remember, you know, he hasn't managed since, you know, since 2011 when they won with the, the won the World Series with the Cardinals. Um, a lot of people actually thought was kind of odd that he re- retired when he did. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's a legend. I, in my opinion, he's one of the, one of the better managers we've had in a long time, but it was in during that time of baseball in this modern age, there really is no, there's no way that this is going to work. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why, um, he, you know, he, he was kind of analytical back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, there's actually a lot of baseball writers that, um, credit him and Dave Duncan as creating of the traditional, uh, closer, uh, which was saving the, um, the, the, they're saving a pitcher to only pitch in the ninth inning. Uh, and that's when they, they, uh, turned Dennis Eckersley into the famous pitcher that he is now. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of what, like the style that he manages and the way that he approaches the game, I really think is going to clash with how modern, how the modern game of baseball is played. Um, you know, he's 76 years old. You know, I know there's managers that can win World Series. Um, manager for the Marlins back in 03, won it at the age of 73. Um, but, you know, Larissa's 76 years old. He hasn't managed since 2011. The game has changed drastically in the almost decade that he's been out. Um, and I think this really stems from the fact that the owner who has come out and said that he regrets firing him um, when he was a uh, manager of the Chicago White Sox, um, that was Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, and so, I mean, he's the one that hired him back for the next season. Um, you know, the Russa has also been very vocal about um, when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for the flag. Um, you know, he came out and said that that was destroying the country and destroying the constitution. He's now managing in a game where, you know, that kind of protesting and, and, you know, teammate unity is becoming very much part of the game of baseball. And now he has to manage players that do that. Tim Anderson is the first person that comes to my mind. Uh, he's openly uh, said that he's against bat flips, you know, base players, this is becoming a more player driven league and, you know, there's, there's a little bit of entertainment and showmanship, you know, showiness and, you know, a little bit of arrogance involved with the game. Um, but that's, what's making baseball more popular, not by a lot, but it is. Um, and I just think that the way that he managed in, you know, back in 20,000, you know, 2011 compared to now, uh, I just don't think it's going to, going to relate. Um, you know, I can, I can really get into more of it, but, um, you know, I know, I know we're pressed for time, but, I, I, I hate this hire because I think it's going to, you know, tarnish his reputation as a, as a legend in baseball. Um, some of that that's already been tarnished because he's, he's been in the front office since 2012. Uh, and he's had a lot of uh, criticism on some of the decisions he's made uh, working for the Diamondbacks, Red Sox and uh, Angels. Um, and I think she's just continuing to, uh, to spiral. So uh, bad hire, bad move. Um, and I, I just think it's a testament of somebody that just can't let the game go. Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was well summed up. I uh, the thing I wanted to add is, have you seen the article floating around today uh, about our friend Mr. Larissa and his his Dewey that he got back in February? Uh, I was actually going to bring where, it up to end uh, end the segment. Uh, <laughs> where that is gold? Oh my god! Where he uh, allegedly um, told the officer to look at his World Series ring. One, I love that power move. Um, and two, my man LaRusso blew up .093. Uh, Arizona boy. law 
is a .08. So should have cut it off a drink or two earlier. One drink, maybe it would have done it, depending on the body mass of Larissa. I don't know. I haven't seen him <laughs> in the gym lately, but should have cut off at one beer, uh, not to make light of a DUI. That's not uh, not a laughing matter. But, you know, I just – I thought the, the World Series ring was uh, – that one, that one killed me. <laughs> well, along uh, him so, in the World Series so. ring, he yelled that he's a Hall of Famer. He kept yelling that he was <laughs> yeah. a Hall of Famer. Uh, and uh, also to point out, that's not his first Dewey. That's actually no, that's uh, uh, number two, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, it's also friends, worth noting uh, that uh, that case got filed the day before he got hired. Yeah, so we'll have to see. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. I know we're in a, 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 a cancel cancel culture happens to be a, a relative thing. I'm curious if there's enough backlash with this, if they, if they walk this back, I mean, I know it's a DUI. It's not, you know, by any means on some of the level with some of the other stuff, but you know, you, you throw in the, you know, racial injustice, the comments about Kaepernick. Um, If the team is young and they have, you know, their handful of core players and they don't want to play for them. um, This could make for interesting, interesting TV coming around the back, backside of winter and, and into March. So not saying it's going to happen, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if the White Hogs or White Sox follow through with this. <clears throat> so, White Sox brass have said it's not going to it's not going to dictate anything. But uh, you know, you're talking about cancel culture, uh, you know, there's already players that are that have come out and said that they have zero desire to play for Larusa. Uh, Marcus Stroman is kind of the one that, that leads that pack as far as notable mm-hmm. players. Um, I mean, God, we haven't even been done with baseball for other than just a couple of weeks. And there's all your stuff like this happening in White Sox camp and a team that is as talented as they are. I just, they're going to be one big distraction and it's just going to fall on their face. So one, uh, one final thing on the sports front, uh, and we'll kind of go into this just briefly because I'd like to go into this more in depth at another time. Um, but being big NBA fans that we are, uh, we saw over the this past week that the owners voted to uh, start the season on the 22nd of December. And now, you know, so just for, you know, refresher, I mean, the season ended probably a little bit before Halloween, right? I can't remember the exact date, but they've only yeah, been off. October. Yeah. I mean, the season's only been done a couple of weeks and they're essentially starting in about six weeks time. And I believe that the draft is now going to be taking place in about two weeks with free agency starting six days after that. Um, For me, in a fan perspective, it's great. But part of me wonders how much of this is a good idea. Uh, Because I personally believe that this won't be much fun to watch. Because I think there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be taking breaks, especially a lot of the playoff teams uh, in the first month. And so I don't really think the NBA season will fully get underway on a entertainment participation perspective until January. Uh, but anyway, just real quick, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm kind of with you, man. I think that the basketball obviously is going to be subpar, but I think they're rushing for, to keep, they, they know this season they're the fans are going to be, they're non-existent or limited in person. And I think they're really just trying to keep everything together for, um, for the following season. So I get it on the owner's part. Um, but at the same time, you got to be fair, right? I mean, I, I see, you know, I see the players definitely, you know, you know, skipping games. I see them resting more, um, you know, and that's, that's fair. Um, but I think as a whole, I think this is the best win-win. I was hearing some stuff, man, if they would have cut the season any shorter um, to, to keep next year's um, 
not next year, but the year after season intact, that the players were going to have to take a substantial pay decrease. And guys like LeBron and, you know, KD and some of these, you know, Steph and some of the guys that make a ton of money and have their whole career, certainly, you know, they're, they're fine with that. But man, some of these, the younger guys that are on, you know, league minimums or slightly above league minimums, man, their, their window of opportunity is, is not, you know, nearly as large. And so, I think it's the best win-win. I mean, these these superstar players certainly can skip games and, and sit out, and they already do that, and they'll, they'll have a reason to do it more. Um, but I think this is the best move to keep everything intact for the following season. This is definitely a no-win scenario. Uh, I, I know that they were – I know that the Players Association, I think, initially wanted February. Uh, I think that was the ideal time for them. Um, but you're right. Yeah, they're already playing 10, 10 less games this season. And all of this is basically them acknowledging the fact that this season on a revenue standpoint is lost. Uh, I know that that part of the negotiations this past week uh, really hindered around the fact that they came to an agreement to, um, I guess, create an escrow system where they're going to take percentage of the losses and spread it out over several seasons. And so they're going to essentially be seeing losses for many seasons down the, down the line. Um, and, and as a fan, it's, a, it's, it's great in the fact that we get to talk about basketball on a consistent basis, basically starting around Christmas time. I mean, it's, you know, what's, you know, what's the date today, the 10th of November. I mean, that's, you know, that's essentially six weeks from now. That's, that's awesome. Um, but it, I mean, it's going to be pretty tough to watch in some, some, some of those teams. Um, you know, the teams that, didn't go to the playoffs, I think will be fun to watch because they're going to have, God, so many, so much time off. Um, but, you know, reading and, and, and listening to the consensus of how much money they lost from not only just the fact that they don't have any fans to, you know, not being able to, you know, play all those games, having to play 10 less games, and then paying for everything that they had to pay for to be able to do the bubble uh, is, is, you know, centering around the billions at this point. Um, and it's just, it's, it's tough to see because it really, really kind of paints a picture of how much we've lost when it comes to this pandemic. Um, and the NBA is really kind of, kind of feeling that as well. So hopefully they, uh, they come out from under it, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to, wanted to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, that's good. And I mean, time will tell, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to the draft, seeing kind of where, where players go. If um, you know, there's some interesting storylines there and, um, yeah. And then, I mean, like you said, man, the season's going to be starting back up again. And, um, you know, for a junkie, I mean, that's, <laughs> you can't ask for anything better, but, um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to transition to a couple of fun pop culture topics. Um, and, uh, I think that these are, these are interesting. Um, first, I, I'm sure you saw Alex Trebek, uh, rest in peace. He is, um, he passed away, um, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a big Jeopardy fan. If you have anybody in your life that is a Jeopardy fan, um, Chelsea is, uh, you know, my wife is a, just a, a diehard Jeopardy fan uh, there for a while would, would watch, um, you know, fairly religiously would know when, you know, the college, um, <laughs> the, the college uh, episodes were on would know when, you know, there was like a junior you know, younger kids on, um, she followed, she could probably rattle off the top three money goers and, you know, roughly how long they were on. And, you know, it was just, it was a huge, huge shock to her, obviously over the weekend when we got the news, but, um, iconic guy, iconic show. And, um, 
I don't know, just, just one of those people that, you know, not, not somebody you have a personal connection with, man, but when you see the news, um, you know, not quite on a Kobe level for me, but in that stratosphere where you're like, Oh shit, it's kind of a reminder, you know, like, um, every day is numbered and, uh, not to get too dark on here, but it's just kind of a reminder, you know, like these people that you, you see, and they, you know, you see them on TV and all these things, man, they're just like us. And eventually you know, their day is called and, you know, unfortunately that's what it's like for all of us. So it's just a, just a sad, like kind of somber, I don't know, kind of smack in the face. I don't know if you're a big Jeopardy guy or not, but uh, that one, that one hit our house on, uh, on Sunday. I was, I, I do love Jeopardy, Jeopardy, but it, I never paid attention to the contestants or, you know, the big money makers. Like I couldn't even tell you when college, the college episodes come on. Uh, for me, it was always about challenging myself to see how much of that trivia that I actually knew. Um, but I, I think everybody can, can, can agree with me in the fact that, I mean, he, he's the reason why that show did so well. I mean, if you really think about all of the game shows that are on television now and that have been on television for, for several mm-hmm. decades, I mean, if anybody thinks about what's, what's the number one show, most of them are going to say Jeopardy or Jeopardy's going to be in the top three. Um, right. And he's, I mean, he's the only one that has, you know, stood the test of time outside of, you know, Pat Sajak and the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that was the one that came to my mind. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to think of a third, and those are the two, you know. I mean, and the only one the other one I can think of is, is Family Feud, but that's had more than one host. I mean, he yeah, is that's Alex Trebek bit, is, yeah. is Jeopardy. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I think about Alex Trebek and him battling cancer and, and, and him just recently passing, it reminded me a lot of Chadwick Boseman and the fact mm-hmm. that even though we all knew that Alex Trebek had this, you know, cancer and that it was very, you know, very, you know, I think it was stage three or stage four. Actually, I think it was stage four. Um, and so it was a grim outlook, um, but he never, I mean, he never, he lived his life the exact way that he did before he had it. And, you know, Chadwick Boseman did the exact same thing. The only difference was that he you know, didn't tell anybody that he had, had cancer. Um, he told, Alex told everybody, but I mean, nothing stopped him. I mean, you know, I saw something that he was still filming Jeopardy episodes, you know, right up until the point that he died. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's just incredible to me. And the, a diagnosis as grim as that and being able to go out every single day and act like nothing's wrong. I mean, that takes a sheer force of willpower that I don't think I would ever be able to have. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very disappointing. Um, you know, cause you know, we, all you, all we've been watching this year, you know, cause nobody can film anything is our reruns, uh, from the beginning all the way up until kind of the, the end. And it's kind of a, kind of a weird poetic dark, uh, poetry of, of, of his life as, as the Jeopardy host, being able to watch all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sad. It's very sad to see. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think there was a um, few other things I wanted to, to hit on um, from uh, Dave Chappelle on Saturday night live. Have you, uh, um, did you get the chance to at least watch the uh, opening monologue, Steve? I did. I actually, I watched the whole episode actually fun fact. Excuse me. Yeah, no, I, um, this is going to come as no surprise to those that actually know me, but, uh, I, I don't find Saturday Night Live as, uh, as funny as I once did. Uh, I don't know if it's the, the constant attack on <laughs> conservative values. I don't know what it is, but, um, anyways, I don't really watch it that often, but, um, a guy like Dave Chappelle caught my attention and I watched and 
I got to say, man, he is he's something else, dude. I, I don't know if I, we're very lucky. Let me put it this way. We're very lucky to live in a time period that we do where we get to see somebody like Dave Chappelle that, um, you know, is, is absolutely hilarious. I mean, top two funniest people you'll ever meet, but also has this ability to say the shit you need to hear in like the controversial stuff and is able to cut through it in a way that is just awesome. And that opening dialogue for me was, was money. I don't, I don't have anything else other than to say, if you haven't watched it, go watch it right, left, center. It doesn't matter where you're at politically. You'll, you'll get a takeaway from it. And he does a funny job of um, serious matter, uh, a little bit of laughter, but there's take home messages there. Well, he's without a doubt, the Richard Pryor of our time. Um, And yeah, I, yeah, SNL is weird. Um, you know, they always say that you don't appreciate or things aren't as or cool or as funny anymore um, whenever you get older um, because, you know, your, your younger mindset makes a lot of those things funnier. And so I think you and I are in the same boat that think that, you know, the Will Ferrell years in that cast is always going to be the funniest Saturday Night Live ever had. And, you know, SNL, I have to watch sparingly. It really just depends on who's the the guest. And, and most of the time I keep it down to a science where, you know, most of the time after the weekend update, a lot of that stuff is not, or a lot of those skits aren't as funny and that's just stuff that they add for filler time fillers. Yeah. Um, you know, and to be perfectly honest with you, you know, outside of the Chappelle stuff, yeah, the actual show itself yeah, wasn't, wasn't that great. That um, no. Now I know a lot of it was all redone because of the election results had come in, you know, that day. And so they probably did a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as, you know, a lot of those weren't well done. A lot of people were breaking character and stuff, which, you know, I find funny, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're here to not do that. Um, but yeah, his, his monologue, which didn't feel like it was 16 minutes, but it was in fact 16 minutes. It was really interesting to figure that part out, but it's truly, uh, I mean, he's, I, I hate saying that he's a genius cause that's an easy saying anyone's a genius. Cause that's kind of a cop out, easy word to say, but you know, if you really pay attention to the stuff that he said, I mean, he does, he does better than anybody of talking about very serious issues and really balancing the line between trying to be very serious and trying to be funny uh, and just kind of blends it into a way where it really works because there are a lot of times where, you know, he started talking about stuff that wasn't supposed to be funny. And then instantly something that he said was absolutely hysterical. And you kind of forgot about the fact that he was trying to be serious. I just, and you know, if you really watch him, you know, back in the day, like when he did Chappelle show and stuff, his comedy really wasn't like that. Um, you know, and so I, I kind of feel like he's evolved as a, as a comedian. And I mean, listening to him and, and what he talked about uh, on, on SNL was, was really cool. It, it was almost kind of fitting that he would be the one to be the, the post-election uh, SNL guest. Yeah. I, uh, I agree, man. It's, it's well worth the watch. Uh, speaking, speaking of watch, about about, uh, give the folks uh, two things, two shows that you are currently watching in uh, a quick elevator pitch, like going up five, five little stories in an elevator pitch on why we should watch it. Give me oh, two. Oh, man. Um, so I'm watching two that I guarantee you, you won't like either. I'm already at a, off to about start on this elevator pitch, but uh, for those that do know me and are some that don't, uh, I'm a huge nerd. I love kind of sci-fi techie type type shows. Um, and I'm a huge 
I'm a huge fan of the show Supernatural, which has been on for 15 years. I mean, this show came out in 2003. It's on the CW, which is like the gayest channel network in the entire world. But this show, I just, for some reason, has has been absolutely just something that I've just thoroughly enjoyed. You know, some of my best friends, uh, Chris Schmidt, that uh, that you know, obviously, Trav, is a big fan of Supernatural. He actually got me into that show. Um, And the last season came out, last seven episodes are coming out uh, this fall. And so... So it's one of those shows where I've watched for so long. It's kind of weird that they're ending it. It's like all those uh, stay-at-home moms that watched ER back in the day. That when they ended it, they're like losing their minds. Um, For the people that would currently watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, Also, another part about me and my nerdiness is I love superhero stuff. Um, You know this better than anybody. Um, But I don't know if you've watched any of this, but but The Boys on Amazon. um, So they just finished season two and it is by far one of the best made superhero shows um, either on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, anything that's out there. Uh, it is hilarious. It's dark. It's gory. Uh, it's very well written and very well, um, very well acted. Um, so I definitely encourage people to watch that because it's an interesting take on, on superheroes. Uh, basically it's about, a, about a company that created superheroes and, um, you know, it's about a, the, a world if the superheroes like Superman and Batman uh, were just egomaniacal dickheads that did whatever they want and didn't care the collateral damage that came that way. So it's a lot of fun to watch. I think you might kind of be entertained by it. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my that's my two two bit elevator pitch there for you. All right. Well, I'm going to go the opposite direction, and uh, I'm not sure if you'd like either one of <laughs> I these. I figured you would, to be honest with you. Um, I uh. So, um, we just finished, uh, a Bravo show, uh, below deck Mediterranean, uh, oh great, great show. Um, if you're not watching this show, it is incredible. They, uh, this particular one, it's uh, based off of a super yacht. There's like seven or eight main people in here. They have these super rich, famous people come on, uh, and stay on a super yacht for, you know, three, four or five days. And it kind of set up amounts, all the drama that happens amongst a crew. And they're all like young twenties type age people, uh, after each crew or after each charter, they go out on the town and that's what kind of where the reality TV part of this whole thing comes in. And, um, it's a really kind of a fun take on uh, soap opera-ish drama, but still like um, Jersey Shore-ish when, you know, like following them going out and partying and stuff. So there's like a decent amount of that too in each episode. And uh, yeah, just a, a fun show. Uh, it's one of those ones you click on. Um, if you got the computer up, no hard, no foul, you're going to be able to follow along just fine. Um, good, good little balancer there. So that's one Bravo show. Um Number two, uh, going back to Bravo, uh, you're going to see a little bit of a trend here, uh, but it, this one is Southern Charm. Uh, this is from uh, based out of uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, a handful of these folks are <clears throat> kind of quasi-famous, I guess, at this point, but it kind of follows them along. They're not really doing anything, so think of like, I would think of like a cooler version of like keeping up with the Kardashians, uh, but this one's going to be based more off of like rich, like kind of normal-ish people um and uh yeah they just kind of they drive around they get in trouble they go on you know ski trips and you know vacations and beach house trips and all this other nonsense and they you know drink too much and have too many parties and um just a fun show and you get great scenery of charleston if you've never been to charleston it's a great place to go to so it's a 
a fun mixture. So those are my two that were uh, currently watching Southern Charm. That one just started its uh, last season. Um, and then uh, Below Deck Med is actually already over, but you can find it on Bravo and, and, and watch all the episodes. Did you just say a cooler version of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Yeah, I think like the Kardashian show is kind of annoying, right? It's like one person or two people, three people, whatever it is. And they just like do kind of nonsense. Um, there's not really a point to the show. Southern Charm's similar, but it's got cooler people um, that do like actually kind of fun shit. And they get into trouble. There's the drama aspect of it. Um, I don't know. It's good. I like it. You and I watch vastly different programs, my friend outside of sports. <laughs> can I give you can actually can I give you an honorable mention? Because I just realized I just forgot about this you know, since we just got finished in October and Halloween. Um, are you into no. horror shows, horror movies? No. I don't watch horror movies, I don't watch horror shows. My uh, my wife and I just finished watching um, The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. Um, mm. pretty good. Not as scary as the first season. Um, it's described as goth horror, which is less about scares, uh, like jump, jump scares and more, they, they, they incorporate more of a love Gothic love story to it. That's why they call it Gothic horror. Um, that was really good. actually, I, I was really, really impressed. I, I love a lot of that stuff and, and I don't really get to watch it as much as I used to. Um, it's probably why I love supernatural so much, but, uh, but yeah, I will, I will try really hard to consider watching any of those programs that you just talked about. Um, I'm not really sure if my, my cable provider has Bravo. Haven't clicked on that channel in probably four and a half years. <laughs> so Test it out. You might be surprised. I will, uh, I will definitely give it, give it an effort. Um, but yeah, you and I are similar in a lot of ways, but this is definitely one of those topics where we are not. Um, but let's uh, let's end, end the show on a very cool shout out that I wanted to do. Um, I know you haven't seen this, um, but it came out today. Um, the name the name Chris Nickich, uh, for those that don't watch the news, uh, is going to be a very important name. Uh, so he has just been recognized by the Guinness Book of World uh, Records uh, as the first individual with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman triathlon. Do you know what is in or what incorporates an Ironman triathlon? Oh man, way too much crap. Um, it is a full marathon run. It is, oh shit, that's the only one I, it's like 200 miles on a bike though, right? You, uh, you're on the I'm right track. on, so it's, yeah, it's and then a, there's a swim part a, too, but I, I don't know. So you have it, you have it in the, you have the order backwards. So it's a two and a 2.4 mile swim, then a 112 mile bike ride, and mm. then a marathon. So 26.2 mile run. And then that's, that's it. Um, he completed the race in 16 hours, 46 minutes and nine seconds. Um, which apparently there's a, there's a cutoff time to complete this race. You have 17 hours to complete this race, or I guess you're technically disqualified or something like that. I don't know how that specifically works because clearly I'm not training for this anytime soon. I don't really even know how to swim. Um, but I just, it was a cool story. Um, you know, and he's going to be in the record books uh, as being the first person with, uh, with Down syndrome to complete something that is 
super rigorous that you and I will never ever accomplish in our lives unless we get some weird sign from God that we have to train for this. So, um, good work. Shout out to that, that guy. Um, and Hey, let's hope he does another one. So there we go. That, uh, it's going to wrap things up, man. That was a nice, solid, nice, solid hour for you. Um, thanks everybody that take the time to, uh, listen in. Um, please continue liking and sharing, uh, our podcast and, uh, yeah, Travis, you got any final words for us? No, I, uh, pulled up our Instagram. Uh, if you haven't, if you're not following us on Instagram, please do us a solid and, uh, and follow us on there. It's at the happy hour hangout. Uh, we post, uh, day before the episode goes out. And then of course the day of loaded up right there. So you'll know right when to refresh your podcast app. Um, and then, uh, also give you an opportunity to share, uh, our, our post onto your story, help us spread the word. That would be much appreciated as we're um, looking to continue to expand the podcast and reach more, more listeners. So th- thank you all for, uh, for the support and listening. It uh, means the world to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again to everybody. Um, yeah. Keep like, keep sharing. That's our big thing. Please share. Um, you know, even if you haven't listened to it, we hope you listen to it, but even if you haven't, please, please share. Um, and yeah, we, 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 we enjoy the listener base and we hope to continue to grow that. So, um, yeah, for one final time here at the Apple Area Hangout podcast, cheers to you, buddy. And, uh, cheers to the audience. Thanks again. Cheers.